For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Yo, yo, friendly faces, friendly places. My name is Matt Connor. I'm here with my birthday buddy, Sterling Holmes. Happy birthday, Sterling. How how are you legally now old enough to drink KC beer? Just turned 21. Wow. I mean that. 28. 28. Gray hairs and all. Do you have a gray hair? Couple. Really? Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, man, happy birthday to you. Just want to give a general shout out before we get personal here uh, to everyone. If you're listening to the Arrowhead Attic Podcast, if you're viewing on YouTube, um, no matter where you are coming from, we're just glad you're here. Uh, I know I'm thankful for everyone. This is a big, big week. It's Draftsmas. It's Happy Draftsmas Eve, everyone. It reminds me of that classic Draftsmas song, uh, Andy Reid got run over... Big Red got run over by 12 draft picks. Something, something. I can't carry that out. Anyway, Our Smash Mouth references were way better than whatever know, that but, was. By the way, if any of you are into music, our musical references, we were already talking Kip Winger before the show began. If you know who Kip Winger is, more power to you. And the, <laughs> and the uh, denim crotch leather pants you probably have in your closet. Uh, anyway... Hey, uh, we want to dive into the Kansas City Chiefs. This is draft week. This is big. Draft simulators everywhere are going to start getting cobwebs on them starting this weekend because uh, it'll be another year before we get to this kind of excitement again. But before we do, Sterling, you had your birthday. I just want to know, you know, you weren't around. We had a happy hour um, for our for our members last night on the Arrowhead Attic podcast. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But, like, what did you do? How, do you, how does a man about town – Celebrate his birthday like you. First off, I heard what you said. Thank you for your kind words. Your largesse knows no bounds, Matt. Thank you. It doesn't. It doesn't. No, it was fun. We celebrated the weekend more than anything. We went to Buca de Beppa one day. I don't know how to pronounce it, but you know, one of the plaza with there. Buca de Peppa. De Beppa? De Peppa? I don't know. It's not Peppa Pig, but it 
Buka. Just call it Buka. It was solid. Um, we I'm went pretty there. sure they had a hit. I'm pretty sure they had a hit called Push It in the 90s. Salt Buka. and Peppa. Thank Buka you. Buka and Peppa. Yeah. Is that what yeah, you're saying? Yeah, pretty good. <laughs> Did that. That was fun. Um, yesterday, went to Half Price Books with my girlfriend. Big book guy, as you know. Love it. So had a lot of fun there. Uh, drank 28 beers to celebrate the 28 trips around the sun. Um, no, overall though, it was a good time. Hit golf balls today, uh, before radio. So it's been, uh, yeah, it's been a good day. It's been a good week, frankly, with the drafts coming up. I finally get to stop dealing with mock drafts, which drive me insane. I get it. It's part of my job. Like I have to do some mock drafts. I have to talk about it, but I'm over it. Okay, I want to live in the now. I want to live in reality. I'm tired of talking about it. I want to be about it because I'm going to be so pissed when Brett Veach trades away of 29 and 30 after that's all I've been trying to decipher for the past, I don't know, month. So I can't wait for the draft to actually happen. Before we get into draft talk, I want to give a big shout out to the sponsor of the show, KC Beer Company. Uh, the official beer sponsor of the Arrowhead Addict podcast. They have four, four ingredients that make up this deliciousness. I'm drinking the Dunkel right now. Malt, hops, water, and yeast. It is absolutely delicious. They brew their beer according to the German purity law of 1516. It's about how old I am. Uh, They have a terrific lineup of beers. Anything you are into, they have Look for the Casey Beer Co. cartons in your local store. If you always, or if you guys would like to support us, anytime you take a picture and tag them on Twitter, it really means a lot. Plus, I enjoy hearing what kind of beers that you guys like as well. So if you guys do that, we always appreciate it. Uh, Casey Beer Co., it's fucking delicious. Let's talk some Chiefs, dude. Let's do it. Uh, Chiefs Draftsmas Eve is where we're at. We have a lot to talk about. One of the things I want to get to here in in the early going, Patrick Mahomes, right? Like this was a popular subject last night as we were kind of talking. And then I saw this great tweet today, Zach Eisen. I don't know if you follow him on Twitter. He's a great Chiefs fan. And, and I think he's even a member around here. Yeah, he is. He was, he was talking about defensive EPA, you know, expected points and that the Chiefs defense ranked number 24. And then like last few years, and then teams 25 through 32, like below the Chiefs, had a win percentage of like 30%. They won like, in other words, if your defense sucks, you lose 30% of your game. I mean, I'm I'm rounding here very egregiously. But in other words, if you suck on defense, you lose a bunch. And it's like, yeah, that's not rocket science, dude. But the Chiefs, who are like next on the list, at number 24 in the NFL in like this defensive metric, EPA, were winning like 70% of their games, Right. And I just, and you know, that he goes on to say, hey, this is the Mahomes effect, right? Which we all know this. We all, in, like, we intuit this, even if we don't have numbers to throw at it. But then when we talk about the draft, we talk about, oh, we need Jamison Williams and we need, you know, we need George Pickens and we need Jamison Pickens and George Williams and we need, like, you know, anyone at all to, like, make this thing go. And if you look at the metrics, what's really true about this is that Mahomes and company, Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, that's fine. But Mahomes has been, like, pushing this rock uphill for quite some time, like in some sort of, like, Sisyphus mythical exercise, trying to push the Chiefs up to the top. It required a complete meltdown to not go back to the Super Bowl 
last year. It took a crazy offsides call to not go there in another year. In other words, I feel like Mahomes on his own is going to get you there if you can just get everything out of Mahomes' way. And now with this draft of like 12 picks and next year with another 11 picks, you have a real chance to ease the load of Mahomes. This is me, just my uneducated slant here. I wanted to ask you this because I feel like here's a real chance for Veach to make Mahomes' job easier. Now, you've been a proponent, and I have too, I get it, of just pouring more gas on the offensive fire. Mm. It's easier to keep going, whatever. Have I been? Well, in in past broadcasts, we have talked about that very concept. Yeah. I don't know about this draft. I guess what I'm setting up here, I didn't mean to set this up as in you versus me. We do that already with your ridiculous (laughs) pineapple pizza. What'd you call it? Honolulu Hot Lips TM. Honolulu Hot Lips trademarked right here. I guess what I'm throwing out here is we're starting to talk about draftsmiths and the presence that the Chiefs are going to lay at Mahomes' feet this week. Like, do you think the better gifts for Mahomes are, let's keep this offense electric? Is it, let's go all defense and heal it? Or is it a measured approach to both sides of the ball? I would be a big proponent of defense first. I'm not saying you don't give Mahomes offensive help, offensive weapons, but to me, defense is where the majority of the draft picks early on should be spent. Uh, I've talked about it on Twitter. I know some people are not a, a big fan of this, but I would not be opposed. And frankly, I would be excited if 29 and 30 were both edge guys. The Chiefs have not shown any ability to get edge right. Give him two cracks in the first round. They got to at least get one right. And by the way, it's not like you draft one and cut the other. They need bodies at edge. All these Chiefs fans, not all, a lot of Chiefs fans are saying, well, what about Melvin Ingram? Melvin Ingram is not prime Joey Bosa. It's not prime J.J. Watt. He's an aging, fine defensive edge. That's who he is. He's not some superstar. He's not this incredible force. He played above average for a few, for a handful of games for Kansas City. That's who he is. He's not showing up to OTAs, not showing up to training camp. He's going to show up game one. That's who he's going to be. I'm not even saying the Chiefs get him. That's if they get Melvin Ingram. They yes, have they massive him. holes at edge. Um, I'm strictly, for the most part, defense is what the Chiefs need to do. First round, second round. If there's a receiver that they really, really like and fall in love with, go right ahead, but you have to trust Mahomes at this point. Mahomes, you gave half a billion dollars to. You don't give and have to surround him with the top talent at wide receiver in the NFL. You do that with Baker Mayfield, with Derek Carr. With Mahomes, you have to trust and believe he will make the receiving core better. They also spent a lot of trade capital, if you want to say that, or decent amount of capital bringing in MVS, Juju Smith-Schuster, yep. you know, the, the depth pieces at receiver are much improved. I'm not saying don't draft a receiver. I'm saying that's not the most pressing need. Yeah, you know, you bring up Melvin Ingram as like a potential ad. Would you say, I have I have two questions for you. One, one leads into the other. If Melvin Ingram signs, is he the best defensive end or pass rusher on the roster right now? Yes. Then if that's the case, then... Is he also, what, seventh best at best in the AFC West? Also, yes. I mean, we're talking at best, best. At best seventh at best. best. At best, the best player the Chiefs could sign 
is behind Bradley Chubb and Randy Gregory, both mm-hmm. in Denver. You're behind Chandler Jones, Max Crosby in Vegas. You're definitely behind Bosa and Khalil Mack, that's for sure, in the Chargers. So even if the Chiefs made a move that we hope they will for a th- for an aging guy who had a solid half season last year, he's going to be the best, but he's still the worst starter in the division. <laughs> I mean, by I mean, a good amount, by a good amount, too. by a good amount. I mean, like, I just don't think we realize how dire the situation is at edge right now. Uh, I mean, if we thought the defense was so bad before, uh, I mean, if the season were to start remotely close to where it is now, it, it's it's just super dire. So I'm with you. If they go edge, edge, if they go edge defensive tackle and then edge again in the second or third round. Mm-hmm. Like you just can't get enough, which by the way is a classic winger song. They, yeah, good reference. They need like two quarterbacks at a minimum, probably three. Right now, DeAndre Baker is CB3. Okay, yeah. not ideal. They do need another linebacker because Willie Gay Jr. and Nick Bolton are not playing 100% of the snaps. And nope. Anthony Hitchens is gone. They do need another safety, right? Because they yep. brought in Deion Bush to be your new Dan Sorensen. But do you trust Juan Thornhill to play 100% of snaps again? Who knows what his future holds in Kansas City, if he's getting an extension or not. They need to get younger. That's been the game plan. I saw Gary right here in the chat. We don't need any more aging edge rushers in regard to the Chiefs. I'm with you. Like, Melvin Ingram is fine, but he's not the future. Like, they need to invest and invest heavily at edge. The two most important things in today's NFL, not 10 years ago, not 20 years ago, it's the quarterback and who can affect the quarterback. That's the QB and edge. Those are the two most important positions. I would say, okay, Chris Jones, Aaron Donald, fine. They also get pressure on the QB, but you get my point. Those are the two most important things in today's NFL. I think one of the X factors here that we really haven't talked about, we talked, you know, Josh Kando hasn't done anything. Mike Dana, like, has was a nice surprise last year, right? But we're talking about, remember the Chiefs made a change, a coaching change there, right? Our new defensive line coach is Joe Cullen, mm-hmm. who was a longtime defensive line coach for the Baltimore Ravens. Um, and then Brendan Daly, who was the defensive line coach, took over at linebacker um, because Matt House took over the defensive coordinator role um, under Brian Kelly now at LSU. So there's been some shifting, and we got to hope that maybe some of the coaching changes can inspire new voices and new places, can maybe coach up some of the guys that, that like, if we've had a problem developing edge, maybe it needed a new voice developing people there. And a new strategy. And a new strategy. It's just not working. Clark hasn't lived up to anything. I will say, you know, like guys like Turk Wharton and those guys, like pleasant surprises. They've been able to like get something from unexpected places, but they've never been able to like craft a guy to be your your like cornerstone in any way. Um, and that's been real frustrating. Well, and that's why I say, just really quick, that's why I say they need to do edge early where it's a better chance. I don't want to say it's a can't miss prospect because there's always a chance of missing. Look around right. the NFL. It's lit. Ryan Leaf would like a word. So there's no <laughs> such thing as a can't miss prospect, but you give your, yourself a better chance earlier on in the draft. Even second round has been an issue for Kansas City. Breland yeah. speaks, TK, right? Even Frank Clark, that's not a, a draft pick, but they gave up one. They gave him a boatload of money. That's identifying talent at edge. Uh, their best edge guy has been Michael Dana. I, I'm, j- I'm just saying, 
they have not done a good job there. I trust them to find a cornerback, a wide receiver later on in the draft. They've done that. Rashad Fenton, sixth round. Legereus Sneed, fourth round. Chevarius Ward, undrafted, traded for Parker Anger. Like, they can find guys at those positions. I trust them there. At edge, I do not trust. Yeah, I'm with you. And and um, just to get into the comments just a little bit here, we were reading what you guys are writing. Love it. And it really seems like we all kind of agree on this. Um, Max Arquilla says um, he would only trade up for an edge. Um, Joshua Zilstra, it's okay to have a more designated rusher type. I'm, I'm down with that. Going for DPR, designated pass rusher. The, the Chiefs need just rotational guys even. And so if a guy's not great against the run, we've got guys who can do that. I mean, even if you if you get one or two um, in the later rounds, guys who can push the pocket uh, on third downs, the Chiefs need that too. They need anyone with disruptive skills at this point. So couldn't agree more there. Um, Robert DeBruce says Jadevian Clowney could be an option after the draft. The I Chiefs, agree he could, but... Uh, but but Matt, really quickly, I, I've talked to a few people, yeah. and they say it's just never going to happen, Jadavion Klein with the, with the Chiefs. They, I don't know why. They don't 100% know why, but there's just, for some reason, they won't go after Jadavion Clowney. As much as I think it makes sense, as much as maybe you or the majority of folks, they think it makes sense, there's got to be something, because at least from what I have heard, it's that that's just it's not going to happen. Maybe he like uh, sent an insult to Clark Hunt on Twitter or something back on draft day. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know. Well, let's um, we'll move on here in just a second. I do want to let you all know if you like the Arrowhead Attic podcast. Uh, just want to say you can become a member of the family here. Our members get special access to um, happy hour hangouts, like we just did last night. We talked draft and uh, just kind of caught up with everyone. It's uh. It's fun just to get to know each other. There are special emojis and loyalty badges to use during live YouTube streams. Uh, We also have, this is the best part, I think. There's a private Discord where we all hang out. Um, We really talk about everything. Movies, music, books, all things Chiefs. Uh, We float our conspiracy theories, trade ideas, um, whatever. It's all good. Uh, Check out the link about joining in the description of wherever you get this podcast. Um, And even if not, membership or not, We just appreciate your support in any and every way. Anyone who listens, anyone who hangs out um, is just a real gift for us. I I think the best thing anyone can give anyone else is their time and their presence. So that's not lost on us. um, That's for sure. Sterling, I want to ask you this. We're talking about draftsmiths and just to go with the analogy. I mean, what gifts, if they're opened on Thursday, would you just want to send right back to the store um, like you opened a package of socks and underwear when you were five or six years old. Did you well, ever do that, by the way? Did your did your parents ever give you like like boring clothes and you're like, get this out of my face? If you want to listen to just uh, no, I don't think so. I, I'm I'm not an uh, ass, right. Matt. I'm not an ass. Uh, if you listen to a great song, Socks by JD McPherson, just sums up a kid's reaction getting socks. It's fantastic. Um, a running back anywhere in the first, I don't know, three rounds. Fourth round, I'm actually not opposed to. If Tyler Beatty from Mizzou is there in the fourth, I wouldn't be furious. I would be I'd be furious if Edge was not addressed, I guess, in the first round. So that would mean they took a wide receiver and they doubled down on wide receiver, I guess. I'd be pissed off at 2930. If they trade up, I'd be pissed off at 2930. As far as actual position that I would send back. There's a lot of holes on this roster. There's so a many. lot of holes. You could almost make a case for them 
taking a tackle at one of those spots, depending on what you decide to do with Orlando Brown Jr. Cause he has not yet signed the franchise tag. Yeah. Scary. Like the future of left tackle is still up in the air. He does not have an agent, by the way, he's in between agents and that's why he's saying he hasn't signed it yet. But uh, that's a question mark at left tackle that no one is talking about for some reason. Um, I'm between yeah. agents too, by the way. <laughs> I would um, say it's scary first to be round there. running back, I would for sure send back. <laughs> yeah, I'm with, I'm with you um, on, on the running back. I'm with you on a tight end. Uh, I, th- I think I'm with you on almost any offensive position um, in terms of uh, the first round. I need the first round to emphasize – I need to know the front office believes the needs to be as great as I know they are. Um, and so if we trade up for, I don't know, I, like I'm just going to lose my mind if we use two draft picks to go up and get one offensive player. It's just going to feel like such a swing and miss. No matter who it is, it's going to feel like a swing and miss in that way. So, yeah. Dude, I'm, I would I'm, be so pissed. I'm not going to lie. The only thing I was pissed about when the Chiefs drafted a running back in the first round, my at the time before my girlfriend moved in, I had a roommate. He's a massive Chiefs fan. He had season tickets, still does, you know, for a long time, right? I said the only position I will be upset with, doesn't matter who it is, is running back. It was a fucking running back. And this is why, <laughs> this is why positional value does matter to an extent, right? Like it matters. There's no such thing as a luxury pick. So uh, just any one spot, the Chiefs have too many holes. You can find a receiver later on in the draft. I trust them to find someone they can plug and play at receiver. I don't think that's the case with other positions. In, yeah, in the comments, Jacob Josie asked, what would it make it okay in your eyes to draft David Ojabo out of, um, out of Michigan? In case you don't know, it's looking like he's going to have just a red shirt year. I think I think that would be okay, actually. What I would love to see in that instance, I, I would actually love to see someone like Mafe or Karloftis with the first pick where you get an NFL-ready edge for week one. Then with the next pick, you take the guy who is the high-end, high-ceiling pass rusher and give him that red shirt ear. So it is edge-edge, but you get your instant guy that you need for the, the coming season. But you also plant the investment to really take the position to the next level as guys grow together and and you take a chance on Ojabo. Uh, the Chiefs cannot afford to take Ojabo if they don't draft another NFL-ready edge alongside him. So to me, the only way they grab Ojabo is if he's the second edge drafted in conjunction with someone else. You You seem to agree with that. Perfect. I've been yelling about this on radio yesterday and today. Monday and Tuesday, yeah. I've been yelling, this is what I want. I said Karlofkis because he is the most, I think, at that spot, right? They're not getting one of the top three. He's the most NFL-ready of the edge guys. Sure, he doesn't have the crazy upside, but that's fine. That's why you draft the high upside guy in conjunction with George K. That, to me, makes the most sense. You have a guy who's ready now, a guy who's ready in the future. You need multiple players to begin with. It's a win-win situation. It works even better if you bring back Melvin Ingram for a one- or two-year deal. Then, I think you're, again, you're the worst edge room in the NF, or in the AFC West, but it's a much-improved group overall. 
Um, I, I, I'm, I'm with you, Matt. I'm so glad someone else sees, sees us like I do. Man, we're, you know, we argue about things like pizza, pineapple on pizza, but you know, when it comes to things that matter most, you and I are, are we're like Fred and Ginger, like, or, uh, I don't know, like Kip Winger and, and, and I don't know, jean jackets. What, what does Kip <laughs> Winger wear? Nothing. Uh, kind of true. Chest hair, I guess. Kip Winger and chest hair. We go together like you are the chest hair. Anyway, um, really, really quickly, I do want to say something. I think Mr. Schwump brought up a good point. Thank you, by the way. He's always commenting on the uh, on the Discord in this chat. He he says, you know, we say this all the time, but sex sells. The sexy move is trading up for a wide receiver. To an extent, I I, I agree. That was the whole palatable situation with Clyde at running back. It's a running back. It's a guy that you see all of the time. It didn't plan out. But when you draft a wide receiver, a quarterback, um, to an extent, sometimes a tight end, it sells because you see all of the highlights. When you draft a left tackle, you're sitting here like Eric Fisher won one. Was that sexy? No, not at all. I mean, I, I don't necessarily think and hope. I hope the Chiefs don't do that, right? I hope the Chiefs don't go out and just draft a wide receiver because it's the it's the fun, sexy move. But I do agree to the to the point that it does sell, and it's sometimes hard to go against. Yeah, i i don't dis I don't disagree there uh, in a, in a way. I mean, in other words, I can see that. And and even earlier when we were talking about that, like when we said you can pour gas on the offense and keep a good thing going. Like I get that, and the wide receiver room looks atrocious after after this year. I mean, if if you think contract year guys are going to go, and then all you have left is like MVS, who's never carried an offense ever, um, you know, then then yeah, you know, you should be concerned. But we've seen the best wide receivers in the NFL changing teams left and right this offseason. So I just don't think it's that difficult to refill that room like it is in in other places. Um, and by the way, I'm seeing a lot of comments about Robert Quinn um, yeah. as like a potential veteran ad. And I got to admit, I, I just don't know. I just don't know what that cost would be. I don't know what, you know, I mean, the Chiefs have the draft capital and some money to make something work. But the Chiefs have not seemed to be moved by the market overall, trade or free agent um, in terms of like veterans there. So if you're not, like if you're not moving for Clowney on without having to move any draft capital, et cetera, it's just hard for me to read. What do you think there, Sterling? So I, I pulled up Robert Quinn's, you know, his spot rack. How, you, how do you pronounce it? Spotrack, spot rack, doesn't matter. Whatever that website is. I'm just going to leave you treading that water is all. He, he, he has three years left on his contract. The cap hit for this year is 17. Year after is 18. Year after that is 17. I mean, that's uh, just what we got out of with Frank Clark, basically. Yeah, but... Did Frank Clark get 18 and a half sacks? No, but did Robert Quinn the year before that? Or was it, I mean. Again, he's 31 years old. So he's almost 32 actually, by the way, in 14 days. So he's not a young guy. I, I wouldn't be thrilled, I guess, because the Chiefs seemingly have a game plan and that's getting cheaper. That's getting younger. That's getting more cost controlled. I, I wouldn't hate it because it does make you better for this season. But do you want to pay him $18 million when he's 34 years old? I, I just feel like the Chiefs have a game plan in place for this specific offseason. They want to get younger and more athletic. Bring in Robert Quinn. When's the other shoe going to fall, right? When, when is that age going to catch up to him? Right, because once it hits, it hits. Yeah. You, you, 
you don't want to just keep doing stop gaps at end. The Chiefs are trying to do something different than the, than the rest of the AFC West. AFC West currently is like, you know what, let's all go all in right now. The Chiefs are like, we think we have a 10-plus year window. Let's try and retool. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with you. And, um, yeah, I will, <laughs> we'll, we'll move on uh, here from Quinn. But, um, yeah, I just want to mention, uh, so those of you listening in, uh, we're glad that you're here with us. But want to encourage you, come back this Thursday. Hopefully you're always around on Thursdays for the Arrowhead Attic Podcast Thursday edition. You know, Matt Verderam. Patrick Allen, that show is not to be missed in general. However, um, this Thursday, 6.30 Central, 7.30 Eastern Time, join Matt Verderam and Mark Carmen for our first ever NFL Draft show. Matt will be there. Mark will be there covering every pick in the first round of the draft. You'll be able to see him go crazy, like fly off the rails emotionally uh, with, with crazy picks and trades. You can watch it all right here on the Arrowhead Attic channel. It's basically going to be a Verderamathon. I've never said that word, but I know that we all <laughs> need it and want it in our life. Is, is that right? Uh, yes, that's, that's correct. And also, it's all going to be in a New York accent. So what's better than that? Uh, man, can you believe it? I, I what the fuck? Hey, hey, my girls. My girls are here. I'm not supposed to. Hey, Copernicus, what are you doing drafting hey. a wide receiver, you fucking idiot? You should have hey, gone what? out and got two edges. Hey, what are the Chiefs thinking? I'm, I'm not supposed to say that in front of my new babies, but I'm saying it for my babies. I don't know what I'm saying right now. Uh, anyway, I shouldn't have done all that. Matt's going to get mad at me. He's going to kick your ass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> let, me ask, let me ask you this. There's been some rumors, and and since it's draftsmiths, just want to, like, cover all our angles. By the way, might need a mental health hotline sponsor for Verdram, says Jacob Snap. I could not agree more. Robert the Bruce says, I'm anxious to see what cereal Matt will be eating. I'm I'm pretty sure it's just going to be like spilled milk out of anger. I mean, it'll probably be like Frankenberry on the walls or something. I don't know. I love how people sometimes when they're angry, they drink or something. And Verderam just angry eats cereal. Like he just <laughs> angry eats cereal. That's that's his his vice. It'll probably be like grape nuts or something like punishing. Like we don't deserve this. I don't deserve this. I'm just you know like. Great nuts are just the word. It's like eating. Captain uh, Crunch, dude. Captain Crunch just rips the roof of your mouth. That's all it does. It's like eating it's so sandpaper. Good. Sure, if you like to have your mouth bleed. Like, w- what bleeds more when you go to the dentist just, and just they say- just they take a chainsaw to your gums when they're they're like, well, you need to floss more. I floss every single day. Or when you eat Captain Crunch, it's a toss up. I, I don't even care. I don't even care about the draft anymore. You say something, Sterling. I don't even. Ca- I don't even care. Captain Captain Crunch steers my ship, so I don't even know what segment's coming. But you say it. You say it. I don't even care. <laughs> I don't even care anymore. Oh man, nope. you are. Nope, I'm, you're, out. Uh, I'm out. Say it. Whatever's next. Say it. Okay. So let's go with if if the Chiefs swap both first runners to move up, who would you go after? Captain Crunch. That's who I'd go after after you <laughs> sabotage his fucking ship. That's crunch berries. All right. They suck. But peanut butter crunch, that's something else. And he doesn't even need the peanut butter. Captain Crunch is just incredible. Who gives a shit who the Chiefs would trade two picks for? If you're down on Captain Crunch, you don't even know what you're talking about (laughs) on any side of any of this, right? But forget the draft. Draft Captain Crunch when you're in the cereal aisle. Try it again. Now, Sterling's right. The texture, it rips the roof off the top of your mouth. It leaves you without a first layer of taste buds on your tongue. But the second layer, the layer that remains soaks in that great crunch to go with the milk the drinking it after the fact is incredible 
There it is. I would trade up. I would trade. Here's the thing. Every draft trade chart. Let's get serious. Every draft trade chart. Is How am I supposed you. to get serious, dude? I don't know. We need, we're stop. We're not talking about it anymore. We're not talking about it anymore. Look, every draft trade chart says if the chief, this is so nerdy, by the way, I think this is so dumb. Some algorithmic person in like 1970 says, um, if a franchise trades 29 and 30, it equals um, 11. And then every GM's like, all right, I guess I'm going to 11. Like, that's so dumb. It's so dumb. Uh, look, no one wants to pick in the top. Everyone's wanting to move down. I think if the Chiefs want to move up, number 29, number 30, they can get to 10. They can probably get to 9 or even 8. I mean, if the, if the New York Giants are desperate to get out of number 7, for example, you're telling me they're not going to take the two, the two Chiefs first rounders and maybe like some fourth rounder. Like no one, no one's going to get full price for dropping down this year. So if the Chiefs want to move up, I'm all for it. If it gets them one of those one of those top three guys, I mean, what I mean, what if a Jermaine Johnson's dropping? What if a uh, what if a Kayvon Thibodeau's dropping? What I mean, like, what do you do in that instance? Yeah, it sounds like Trayvon Walker's going one one. Right. It sounds like Trayvon Walker's going one one. And that's somewhat of a surprise from what I have heard is that Aiden Hutchinson is he's dropping for whatever reason. You think he can get past the Lions at two? I mean, there's three teams in what the top five that need a well, they need a lot of issues. That's why they're drafting the top five, (laughs) but that that are going after an edge, right? It, it comes down to is Aiden, Trayvon Walker, Kevion Thibodeau, Jermaine Johnson, right? Which one of those guys falls? Which one does not make it in those top three? That's when the Chiefs can make their move. Um, I think it will take more than a first and a second, or the, the two first, 29 and 30. You, you probably will have to throw in a fourth. I know it's not a desirable year to be wanting to trade back, right? Because so many teams want to trade back. I, I just don't know. My personal preference is leave it, stay where you're at. And if you want to, if you trade back, there might be a team who's wanting that fifth year option on a quarterback. That's a real possibility. And that could be even better for the situation. If you're not reaching to grab a guy yeah. who might be your 45th best player. I know Brett Veach talked about it. He thinks there's 16 to 18 first rounders this year, 16 to 18 chiefs drafted 29 and 30. If someone wants that fifth-year option on a quarterback, the Chiefs could be in a prime position. I, I would not be shocked if they actually traded back. It seems weird to say under a Brett Veach regime, but they're in a position where that makes a lot of, of sense. Yeah, totally. Totally. I, I, um, if Brett Veach was telling the truth, 16 to 18 first-rounders, you got to throw in a couple quarterbacks there who are going to be taken – Maybe, maybe. Um, other teams are going to have different draft boards. Where do you think that falls to? I mean, do you think someone in Brett Veach's 16 to 18 is going to naturally fall all the way to 29? Well, you have to hope that instead of Kenny Pickett and Malik uh, Malik Willis, two other quarterbacks, say someone loves Matt, uh, what's it, Matt Corral, Matt Coral, um, they yeah. fall in love with it. With, they fall in love with two quarterbacks, right? Let's say an extra offense alignment they think they can get out of say a wide receiver that's not on their board becomes on their board. I know there's a couple of guards that are, are, are pegged for end of the, the first round. Well, the chiefs aren't in the, the running for a guard, right? They have the best interior line in the NFL. So th- there's potential for that to happen. What the actual potential is. I don't know. I know. Was it sauce Gardner? He's going to be going in the top seven. Yeah. Like 
you just have to hope that someone falls and someone falls in love with a quarterback or or a lineman that you just didn't have your eye on. I mean, Devontae Wyatt falls to 29 or 30. You're going all in there. I mean, again, Trayvon Walker is a guy who has risen the board recently. You hope one of those guys just rises the board that the Chiefs don't have their eye on. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. And and um, it'll be interesting if, if a guy falls and he makes it to like 22 or something, like let's say early 20s. What I like about that is that it only takes – probably like a second rounder to move up at that point. Like at that point, you can still keep your other first rounder and still move up to get the guy you want, um, which I like. I like that kind of move. But who's there? Like, that's my thing is I, I don't see any of those guys that the Chiefs really need at 22. Like right. it's either going to be you have to be in the top 12 or it's you might as well just wait and, and hope that a combination of Karloftis, uh, Boyamafe, if you do the, the double down, Ajobo is still there. A job, I mean, excuse me. You also have a wide receiver. Maybe what's it? Uh, scene from Georgia, the safety. If you want to get yeah. crazy with it, I talked to Daniel Harms the other day, and he was all in on on scene. And I I understand it because the Chiefs do use so many three safety sets. Yeah. If you if you don't believe that one uh, that one Thornhill is the the future, maybe you go after scene. Yeah. Yeah, that's very true. That's very true. Well, let's look here. We want to get to a couple questions that came in. Um, we were just thrown out on uh, on Twitter, and um, Sterling, I just want to ask you these. If uh, I'll, I'll let you take first crack of these, do you foresee this is uh, Morph is right at Morph is right? Uh, do you foresee any player trades away from the Chiefs? I mean, they traded Tyreek already before or during the draft. He says Chris Jones, for example. Um, there have been rumblings. So, um, do you think the Chiefs have someone on the roster who? They could flip for draft assets or, or or to aid them in moving up or down, you know, like what do you think there? Chris Jones is about the only name that really comes to mind, right? There's not really any other name that you're gonna at least that I'm thinking of just off the top of my dome. I don't think that happens, but I don't think it's out of the realm of possibilities. You would get a lot for Chris Jones. But I'd be shocked. Honestly, I, I think the Chief, the Chiefs relatively stay where they are at. I really hope they stay at 29 and 30. I don't know if this is me projecting what I want compared to what they will do, but that's where I'm at. I, I, I just don't see Chris Jones getting, getting shopped. I see Clyde. No, cause you're not getting anything back for Clyde. He's a running back. The second they draft, it's like, it's like buying a car. The second you drive it off the lot, the value drops. <laughs> when you have a running back, the second you draft and the value drops running backs, cars, they're interchangeable. Um, yeah. Yeah, so I don't think they trade Clyde. Don't think they trade Chris Jones. I know folks like to talk about Mecole Hardman. Again, you're not getting much back for him. You, you, you just aren't. He, you need him here for this upcoming season more than anything else. So I, I think the Chiefs stay pat when it comes to player trades. Uh, Chris Jones, if we trade Chris Jones, I mean, I'm sure the offer would be overwhelming. I'm sure it would be, you know, oh, yeah, oh those draft picks are great draft picks, but – I mean, if all you have is Frank Clark on one side and Mike Dan on the other, if you trade Chris Jones, I, I just don't even know what what do you have? What do you like? You're it's almost like you're trying to make Patrick Mahomes. Hey, how heavy can we make this vehicle and you still pull it? It's like one. You ever seen like the world's strongest man where they have to like pull a truck? Right? These guys they like put a kilt on and these giant <laughs> boots, and then they like you know they're just like. They're just ginormous, and then they start pulling, and all the veins start popping out of their like usually shaved head. And then they're like 
you know, that it starts to move or whatever. And it just feels like they're just like putting more bricks on it. Just going like, Hey Patrick, we know you can like pull a whole franchise. How lame can we make this vehicle? What if we pull <laughs> all the wheels off? So, you know, look in a draft that's already, that's already void of can't miss prospects. The chiefs cannot trade their, their anchor. I, I just don't get Jones is the best defender on this team by a country mile. That would be a stone cold move. And uh, yeah, I just don't see it. I just yeah. don't see. It. I yeah, yeah. Someone said, imagine if Chris Jones was live on the podcast on draft night when news came that he got traded. Oh man, that may be worth it just for the moment. But yeah, not really. Yeah. Uh, another question. Another question for you, Sterling. Um, you kind of already answered this. Any issues with defensive end and defensive tackle at twenty nine and thirty? You you, uh, you and I have talked about your love for Devonte Wyatt or going mm-hmm. interior before. But it's been a little while. Like, why? Like, if the pass rush is so lacking on the outside, why are you so okay with another interior? It's only if it's someone who really moves the needle. I'm not just saying draft an interior guy for the sake of drafting him. I like Devontae White, I think, is going to be an absolute game changer. That's what I personally believe. Like, if there's that dude who falls to 29 or 30 who's interior, you you get him. you have to bolster the defensive line. The quickest way to the quarterback is a straight line. So if that's an interior guy you put next to him, you do it. Edge to me is still the most pressing need, but if you find an interior guy, again, Devontae Wyatt, to me, I think is going to be an absolute game wrecker. I make that move. You can still go edge and interior at 29 30. There's, there's no rule that if you draft an interior guy, that's, that means you're done. Yeah. I, I want to bring up something. Now, this may be a dated, uh, this may be a dated reference and I'm, I'm trying to find the, the full line here, but okay. You're talking about Devonte Wyatt, Georgia, right? You got Jordan Davis, Georgia, you got Trayvon Walker, Georgia, right? Like, like all these guys on the same defense in the same line. And that's not to talk about you've got guys like J- like Quay Walker. Same. You've got C, you got Lewis Seen, you got Nicobe Dean. I mean, like that whole defense is first round talent, right? Now they recruit well. The best schools do this. But but let me ask you this. Do you remember a cat by the name of Ryan Sims? Yes, I do. Okay. So here's the thing. Ryan Sims played next to a guy named Julius Peppers at the University of North Carolina, right? That whole line was kind of, was loaded, right? Like you had, and the the Chiefs pick up Ryan Sims just a few picks after Peppers goes, what, first overall, right? And the thought process is that they were going to get the same kind of guy. And then in the aftermath, the issue turned out to be, hey, some of those guys along the same line weren't all as talented, like everyone was like everyone on that line was feeding off the fact that they were playing this to Julius fucking peppers. Right. So of course they look good. That makes me a little worried about, look, if you're playing next to like, who is good there? I mean, I'm sure they're all good, but like who is really first round? Is it Davis? Is it Walker? Is it Wyatt? Or is it all of them? Because if you remove one, you can't remove them from the other, right? You can't like separate their game tape. You can't, you can't say, Hey, Jordan Davis, sit this one out so we can get a real look at what Devonte Wyatt can, can handle when he's like the main guy that the, that the opposition's worried about. So what do you like, does that worry you when there's so much talent on a defense that it makes it hard to tell what one player, when you bring him out is going to offer to a brand new team in a brand new place? 100%. That was the exact scenario. The Pepper Sims I've been hearing about, I've been 
comparing this to same thing with scene. It's, it's way easier to be a great secondary piece when you're getting a lot of pressure on the quarterback, there's always going to be question marks, but then you also have to take into account what were their high school. Again, it's high school, but what were their, their prospect rankings, right? What, what were their stars? What were they listed at? There's a reason why they're playing on Georgia. There's a reason why they're starting over other dudes. Um, Even if the numbers might not be there, like Walker's numbers aren't incredible. And he may go one one. Yeah, but but it's because the, the thought process is the other guys are actually eating into his numbers. True. So true. It, it cuts it, both it, ways. It, it kind of cuts both ways. I, but I'm with you. It, one of those guys, two of those guys are going to be busts. No doubt. Like no doubt in my mind. Like that's just how the game is played. Not every single first round draft pick is going to be a stud. Look at JJ Arcega Whiteside. I mean, like there's going to be dudes <laughs> who are just. He's pulling we're, that out of nowhere. They're, 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 there's, there, there's guys who are going to be cheeks. Like let's let's not sugarcoat it. They're like yeah, Vich yeah. said himself. There's 16 to 18 first round draft picks. You have to hit on one of those 16 to 18. I'm sure his 16 to 18 are not the same as the as in an, an, the Jaguars 16 to 18. They could be completely yeah. different. So it's all about who fits your system. Who can you make work? And you basically have to to hit. It's it's not just a dart throw because i think that's putting it too mildly i think it's taking a lot of the intricacies out of it but to an extent if you want a larger overview picture it is to an extent like a dart throw yeah yeah i'm I'm with you i mean it makes me afraid but also again when we've said this before the intrigue and the mystery of the draft is what makes all this so compelling drama despite the fact that i've said this before too that my wife just says so you're going to watch three straight days of guys reading names off note cards. And I say, hell yes, I am. Sterling, we're at the end of our show here, our time for draftsmiths. Is, are, like, I know some. I know the other guys are going to pick up some other draft night um, conversation, but this is our last time to give any parting shots in terms of the draft. Anything else you want to add in terms of what you think is going to happen, what you hope will happen, what you hope will not happen? Any draftsmiths thoughts from you before we're out of here? I think the Chiefs stay at 29-30. I think they draft one wide receiver and one edge. I'm not opposed. I think that's the most palatable for the majority of the fan bases, or the majority of the fan base. I prefer two edge, but guess what? I'm not the GM. Brett Veach knows what he is doing. He has won a Super Bowl. Even if he has made some poor draft choices, as a whole, he has done very, very well. Four straight AFC championship appearances. I will trust the man in charge. I will humbly, humbly admit that I would I would not be doing that. I would not take the Chiefs to four straight AFC championship games. So sit back, relax, or relax. Wow. Have some KC beer. Have fun. Let's enjoy this. Love it. Love it. I will just add, I hope if next year is the better draft class that everyone is saying it is, better with talent and deeper with talent. What I would love to see is the Chiefs trade back a couple times and pick up some additional picks there to really load themselves up for another elite class um, a year from now. But whatever's going to happen, it's going to be entertaining for sure. Jacob Josie asks, will you guys be live for day two and day three of the draft? Honestly, I'm not quite sure what is going to unfold there. If things can work out, you can follow us on Twitter at Arrowhead Addict. Um, to find out for sure, or if you're hanging out in the uh, in the Discord, um, Dave R, thanks for joining us today. Membership, um, it'll be great to see you in the Discord. So, uh, 
yeah, if if those plans are in the works, we will let you know. But we got to work out some stuff if that's going to happen. Anyway, for now, my name is Matt Connor. You can see me at Matt Connor AA. The better follow is the young but advancing in age Sterling Holmes at home stretch KC. Sterling, you want to take us out? Oh, man. Come on. I'm old now. I don't know how to do this. I'm 28 now. Got a bad hip. It's ruining my golf swing. Okay. It's tough. But this was a lot of fun. Matt, always a, ple- a pleasure. Less Smash Mouth jokes today. Maybe the Chiefs will try to implement some Smash Mouth football next year with the improved offensive line. Uh, Somebody once told me. <laughs> This was the Airhead Attic Podcast right here. We are out. For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.